This week on the No More Late Fees podcast, we are joined by our pal, supporter of the pod, ADHD coach, and most importantly, our emergency contact, Gwen's amazing husband, Ron. <laughs> Welcome. Hey. <laughs> I'm the emergency contact. That's so exciting. Well, actually, Gwen is the emergency contact and your husband. Well, that's fun, too. (laughs) That is really fun. Sometimes they don't let you put your wife as an emergency contact, but I do it anyway. Yeah, because it's like living in the same house. They like it. I don't know. But it's it's a long running joke since (laughs) we have had Gwen on the show that I I I told Jackie, if I die, she's the only person that I would be okay with. That's amazing. To continue the show. That's great. (laughs) She would be honored. I'm sure she told her plenty of times, but yes, that makes sense. No, but we're so excited to have you on. Like, it feels like you've already been on as many times as we've had Gwen on. I don't know why she keeps saying yes, but we're very thankful. Gwen has a blast with you guys. And then I feel like I always come in the room at the end when you're done recording and I'm like, hey, and we're just talking. So. <laughs> Feels right, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but super stoked that you're going to be on. And the movie that we have picked this week, <laughs> it's something. We're it's... doing basketball, y'all. Sorry. It, it felt by it, it like it was written by a couple of dudes with ADHD. Yes, sure. <laughs> a bunch of like 14 year old dudes with ADHD exactly. that just really love like fart and dick jokes yeah. and that was that was what it was about <laughs> and the, the sad thing is the, the writer of this movie I don't think well, I think he was older so because he wrote air he was like one of yeah. the people who like help write or make airplanes so mm-hmm. by the time this movie came out he had to have been a little bit too old to be doing this. That's all. I mean, it seems like it's his style. I don't know. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. We, Gwen and I watched it today, and I watched it this last weekend. I decided to just, like, watch it without, like, thinking I was going to be on a... Just like, hey, I'm going to watch this. And that was rough, actually. But then, watching it today, I forced Gwen to watch it with me. And took some notes which i totally didn't don't even have with me she was at first but we had some really good conversation just it's there's there's some great things to take away from it i think so but but yeah lots of fart and dick jokes (laughs) well this is a first for me i have been trying to watch this movie since yesterday i i think i got halfway through and then i fell asleep nice (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's the only movie we've ever done that honestly i have not finished i, I just was it put, just I like I was just it did it have anything to do with the movie too that you're just like i just can't yeah it was hard yeah. as hell for me to get through i was just like yeah. and and this is coming from us watching what was that other movie that was just like the one andrew made us watch oh kung pao yeah i finished kung pao and that was hard <laughs> And that, like, that plot didn't make any sense. This? (sighs) It's something. (sighs) It is something. (laughs) And then I had to think about what other movies, like, I'm fine with South Park. I can watch South Park. But I'm like, what other movies did they do that fall in our time period? I think the other one is actually worse than this one. Mm -hmm. I think it's Orgasmo. Did you ever see that? 
I did. No. <laughs> yeah, I watched that once in college, like at somebody's like some like frat something, you know, like it was that's where you watch it. And exactly. I was like, this even as a college kid in the early 2000s that movie was hard to finish like to watch yeah. it. it wasn't good there were there's always funny parts though that like stick with you and so even re-watching basketball there was such a part of me that was excited because i remember so many of the lines because again when this movie came out i was like what a 14 year old kid like <laughs> i think that yeah. was their audience right like, <laughs> right. year old kids that just like Man, I there's so many lines I think I still even say. I repeat a lot of movie lines. So there's so many lines that I've said <laughs> before, right? And I was just like, wow, wow, okay. <laughs> so, but it was it was fun. Yeah. Well, it's gonna be a ride, but you know, before we dive into that in the next episode, we wanna play some games with you, ask you some okay. questions. Obviously, we were introduced to you through Gwen, but mm-hmm. you know. It's really great to watch your content on its own because either we have ADHD traits or we have a ton of loved ones in our life that have ADHD. Mm -hmm. And I know that I've learned a lot from watching your videos and being able to kind of like pass them on, you know, tips to like my mom who herself we're discovering that has a... a smidge of ADHD on her sure. end. Yeah. So it's been actually really helpful because, you know, we've struggled with as a family with some of the hurdles that can happen because I think one of the hardest things was just trying to get my mom to understand that like it's not gonna go away <laughs> and it's not something that you can kind of condition away either. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just understanding fundamentally that someone's brain functions completely differently than what is considered quote unquote norm you know for sure yeah there's there's a lot of especially parents I think have this hard time with like thinking their kid is quote unquote different right and talking with them a lot of times it's getting them on board with instead of forcing them to do things the way other people are doing them to find unique and creative ways to do the things because you can still get stuff done but on top of that too it's going to be harder for you so there needs to be a lot of grace a lot of creativity and really just a lot of patience when it comes to someone with ADHD so if you have ADHD out there any you know your kids or loved ones do you know lead with kindness and curiosity is the number one takeaway you should have whenever, you know, you're dealing with that. But there's a lot of resources out there that can help you too. So I I like to put it in the context of no matter, especially as a parent, how frustrated you feel trying to communicate or get things done or just the idea of what you want your child, how you want your child to act. Just imagine how like it's so much harder for your child, like 10 times harder because they are struggling because it's not like they don't want to do the things, right? It's not like they just want to ignore you. It is frustrating that they cannot function in the way that you want them to. And they're looking around the world around them and know that their brain is a little different. And 
I, instead of us like trying to make them another way, we have to be able to adapt, but for them to learn to adapt that it's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with them. And I yeah. think that's a hurdle, you know? A lot of times those things of kids, you know, being defiant or not doing what they're told, like one, it's a symptom too, right? Where you yeah. sometimes forget or you sometimes are not fully paying attention because there's other things going on that are grabbing your attention. But it ends up being a coping mechanism, especially when you see kids in high school, like there's perfectionism as a coping mechanism. The kid that just studies constantly and is trying to get perfect grades is a coping mechanism. The class clown ends up being a coping mechanism because it's how do I survive when I can't do it, when I can't do the thing, right? Right. And it's sometimes you can do the thing, which makes it even worse. Because then you do it and you get the C. I told you you could do it, but it's yeah. it's there's such a variable involved with it that you can't decide when that happens. And so it ends up being turned around and being this negative character flaw. And then you end yeah. up growing up through your life believing that it's your fault. And and so working with adults, that's something that we try to get rid of too. Yeah. Well, I I mean, the way that you do it with with your content is just it's and you make it fun and digestible like when you started doing the mirror videos it, those are always really cool how did you get into coaching i was struggling as an adult with adhd and i was kind of mirroring what a lot of adults see when they're undiagnosed even though i was diagnosed when i was 12 Mostly because I was kind of told when I was 12, like, here are some meds, go reach your potential. And when that didn't work, it was, I was super combat combative around it. I hated taking meds. I hated everything about it. There were people saying that it was an excuse and it wasn't real. And there was that belief in my head that they might be right. So just kind of went off and been like, screw it. I'm going to do my own thing. Struggled through college, got kicked out of college, went back, took, ended up taking a full like 11 years to finish and then didn't know what I wanted to do. So found different jobs, kept, and, and I had this like drive too to be promoted because another thing with ADHDers is we're really great at first when it comes to jobs or new things or classes, you know, we get super stoked by impressing people sometimes too. So when you start your new job and you're so excited and you've got all that dopamine flowing, you're showing up on time, you're super like ambitious and ready to go. And after a few months, that novelty wears off and it becomes that much harder each day to do the thing that you've been doing. And so one way that I was combating it was trying to get promoted. And I was doing that in jobs until I reached a point where I was like, I don't know what I'm doing and I would quit or get fired. And that was happening often. I was changing jobs a lot. And uh, I was right when the pandemic hit, I just had this kind of feeling as if I was not reaching my potential. I was worthless. I didn't know what I was doing. A lot of shoulds, right? I should be more put together. I should be more farther along in my life than where I am now. Went into depression, had some ruminating thoughts that I've talked to a lot of people about. I, I had this moment where I thought all of my friends were paid to hang out with me. Like I was going through this like really weird place of just 
the only way people are going to like me because I don't like myself right now is if someone's giving them money. Like that's what it, what came up about in my head and saying it out loud to Gwen. I remember the time and it just sounded so stupid coming out where I was like, (laughs) Oh yeah, that's I'm, I need help. And so I, uh, I started going to a therapist and through that, kind of reconnected with my ADHD and realized I started researching stuff and so much info had come out since I was a kid and I was like baffled and blown away and then became like really obsessed and hyper-focused really on learning more about it. So I was looking up stuff. I was watching TikTok videos, Instagram, the pandemic started. So it was just like, there was nothing else to do. So I started making videos alongside Gwen when Gwen started making videos and I got some really great responses from people and so much that like I was actually doing well in my other career at the time in real estate, but so much so that I was like, I don't care about that. And all I care about is helping the kid like me, right? Like, and doing the things that I like, this has changed my life. Like, I feel so much better about things already. I need to learn more. And I didn't know exactly what I was going to do, but I impulsively signed up for coaching certification and through that met a ton of people. And even that now that I'm an ADHD coach, first and foremost, I consider myself an advocate and an educator. And I'm doing a lot of things in my life now besides coaching, because that's what drives me. So what's really fun is I get to still change my job all the time, but it's just like under the umbrella Mm -hmm. of ADHD and I feel like I have this like passion meets purpose moment that's worked out really well for me. So it's been great last couple of years. That's amazing. I always love hearing people when like you always know, hear that moment as they tell their journey, when the spark happens and then they find the purpose that fuels them. It just, you could just see even as they're talking and while you were talking your body language and you started to smile just when you got to that point where you were like, and everything changed. And it's, yeah, it's amazing, especially when it comes out of such pain and, and like, it's kind of crazy that sometimes the lowest that you've ever been is where you kind of have that moment and that epiphany. So mm-hmm. yeah. kudos to you for, for you. being able to turn that around and I also just want to know who this phantom sugar daddy was that you thought was paying. (laughs) I have no idea, right? (laughs) Um, It was, it it was getting weird, man. Like this is just, (laughs) this is like the tip of the iceberg for like what I was going through. So like rumination, you know, I'm sure everybody goes into these dark places, but I think especially with ADHD, we're problem solvers. And so often in life, you ask yourself questions that are unsolvable, right? There's no answer to them. And being a curious person who loves, you know, detective stories and escape rooms and stuff like that, you're like, well, I've got to figure this out. And when you don't have all the pieces of the puzzle, you start creating your own and you use, you turn this into a nightmare story. And as just to like give a little like ADHD science here, but it's like we're activated by certain things and our brain gets stuck in activation and that can be exciting things right the things that grab our attention things that are exciting things that are fun but also things that are scary and 
life-threatening like that's when we're put into this mode of fight or flight so often but we're in just in this position where we're like i'm in danger and i need to fix it and when you create a horror story it doesn't need to make sense it's just this is a possibility and on some level right like like a sugar daddy or whoever right (laughs) aliens come down and just said you need to be friends with this guy or else whatever it is and it's like but it couldn't have been just because of me because that was just not a possibility at the time and so I had to it had to be something terrible and that was was really tough for me yeah I don't know if you made this video everything is like a jumble in my head of where <laughs> I find out information at this point but sure. there there was a video I saw about ADHD which was like do the people with ADHD are they like outsiders or was or is it that the system that we live in now has changed so much that when we were like hunters and gatherers and lived in a different kind of lifestyle having ADHD is actually how our brains probably should have functioned to survive that environment. And it was just like a different thought process that I didn't even think about, you know, it's really cool. There's, there's a book and I'll just start with this. It has been debunked, but I loved that book because there was that feeling of like, there's nothing wrong with me. Like I'm supposed (laughs) to be here. And I remember like in the beginning of my journey reading that book and like tearing up reading it because of just that moment, like you, cause you feel like, well, if the world's not for me, why am I here? Mm -hmm. And to, to kind of add to that though, there is something beautiful about the fact that they're pretty sure there's like 10 to 15% of the world is ADHD, just a lot undiagnosed. And Mm -hmm. that's, there always has been because like evolutionarily it would have we would have been like gone if it didn't work and so but it's always been about that amount and I think the reason is is because you need the the few people that are thinkers this way to make the world work Mm. and it it's hard a lot of times for us to believe that and you know we don't want to sit there and say that like well life should be easy because I just have to find what it is that I'm supposed to do here like life is freaking hard it's still difficult for me to brush my teeth twice a day like that's (laughs) evolutionarily that doesn't sound really great (laughs) you know like I get fired from jobs like you know that but you know like most of the time ADHDers that find themselves successful whatever that means to a person it's usually unique jobs or they find unique ways to allow themselves to succeed in those jobs or they happen to have the right support system there's also a lot of privilege involved with it i i say all the time you know i've had parents say to me like oh i want my kid to like see that they can succeed like you and i'm like well let's be real too like my parents had money i've failed and been in situations where if I didn't have money or I wasn't a white man that I would not be okay right now I might be in jail like there's a lot of things that Mm -hmm. I'm lucky to have and understanding that just means like cool then I've got to make sure that I advocate for people that don't have that ability because I'm, I'm very well aware that I'm lucky that that's happened for me I also think parents 
I, I don't, I think Goldie Hawn had said it that like her kids are a gift and her only job was just to kind of help them and, and let them go, but they were never hers. Mm. And I think for parents, as soon as you're having a kid, you think in your head of, you imagine like everything that possibly could happen to this kid. Right. And then when the kid is living and makes a left, when you think they should make a right, you kind of go through this grieving process, right? Because you're grieving the idea of what you thought your child was going to be. And I think if we just acceptance is just being able to see things for what they are and, and, and be okay with that. And I think for a lot of parents, it takes them a long time to get there to just accept their kids for where they are and knowing when to push and knowing boundaries. Like it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to be a parent, but I tell my, my mom this all the time that like with my sister and brother, you just, they're not done baking yet. (laughs) They're still Mm -hmm. so young. You just have to be there. And because the disappointment also, they can see it. Yep. So be proud of what is right now and thankful for what is instead of like always wanting them to be different, you know. That's important for any parent, right? Like yeah. ADHD or not. And a lot of the like talks that that I give are while obviously centered around ADHD traits are so relatable to everyone. Then yeah. and one thing you're talking about that I've said to people is something that I the the title of it is like failure before launch and it's something that parents are always afraid to let their kids fail because Mm -hmm. there's this fear like you said that they've gone left when I wanted them to go right because right opens up these opportunities and left doesn't but left uncovers just as many opportunities just in ways that you didn't imagine right and it's this idea where kids are leaving home and they're afraid to to do things because they're afraid of failure. They're yeah. afraid of making a mistake because if mom or dad isn't there to fix it, I don't know what I'm doing. Like that's what we're kind of do like saying to kids when we're stopping them from making mistakes and yeah. empowering them to to make the decision is just as important. I don't know where I got this from, but Someone, I don't know if it was like a video or something, but someone saying that their dad, when they were younger, would ask them the thing that they failed at that day, like at dinner, mm-hmm. and just celebrate the shit out of it. Just like high fives. They're like, well, I tried out for the basketball team and got cut. And it's like, that is so awesome. Like, how brave of you <laughs> to go do something that you could have failed. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. And how many times do we not do something because we're like, I'm not that good at it. Yeah, I yeah. might fail. and. And that can keep a lot of people, especially ADHDers who hear rejection 10,000 times more in their lifetimes by the age of 12 on like an average, that's like a guess, but like they have this sensitivity to rejection. So a lot of times they're only going to do the thing they're good at. And it's really difficult to go and do something that you've never done before because Again, mom and dad aren't there to tell you that it's a good, like we have no permission. I also think it's a millennial thing, right? We need permission yeah. to do something. Yeah. Like we've been taught to sit still and wait our turn. And we're like waiting for someone to say it's okay to go. Yeah. And we've got to kind of be that for ourselves. Oh. Yeah. So Jackie, what did you fail at today? Yeah. I mean, I worked a full day and 
I think I accomplished accomplished getting something signed in that <laughs> six hours that I worked. It was just a lot of troubleshooting that ended in dead ends until <laughs> five o'clock. And I was like, I have to watch a movie, so I have to stop now. <laughs> I have to watch basketball. Yeah. And... <laughs> I failed at keeping coffee in a cup today. Oh. Okay. Because it spilled <laughs> on my laptop. Oh, no. And then I said, Chet, GPT, what do I do? And it <laughs> said, turn that bitch off immediately. <laughs> so, Danielle, uh, stop asking AI how to every... make decisions for you. I didn't know. I, I she like, needs I permission, obviously. I, I needed step-by-step instructions. Like my gut told me was to turn over the computer and let it like drip out, which I was right. But it also, I wouldn't have turned the laptop off if it didn't tell me to do that. And it also said that like it needed to dry. So I put it by the fan. Like I put a personal fan on top, like to dry it out and I turned it off. And I'm hoping that, I mean, it seems to be good so far, but I didn't beat myself up for knocking the That's the most important thing. Yeah. That has taken some real practice because- Mm -hmm. I think the perfectionist thing, it comes and it goes with me, but I do beat myself up. It's the bad self-talk that I've have had to work Most, on. I mean, we all have it. And even I have it. Like I've said to plenty of like, I, I do group coaching and I make sure to let them know when we talk about like, oh, being positive and what are our wins and stuff like that. Just be like, just so you know, like this shit's hard for me too. Yeah, like, It's really easy for me to beat myself up. But the thing is like, we think that if we beat ourselves up, it's going to make us do the thing or correct it. And, you know, if I look back, like the evidence says like, oh no, it just makes me like cry in the corner or lay in bed all day. So yeah. let's try something else. <laughs> like, and I think it goes back to just the failure, you know, being afraid. Like, I look at how parents react. I think it's so important when you have little children that when they spill something, when they do something, instead of you freaking out because it's stressful to you, you have to just be like, it's okay. Yeah. We just clean it up. This is what we do. Right. Accidents happen. But for us, I think especially our generation, that was not, that gentle oh. parenting was not happening. Oh. And it was like, what? So then you got anxiety about like, yeah. if you messed up, if you spilled again, you're like, oh gosh, because you remembered how your parent reacted to that. And that's trauma, you know? And the thing is too, gentle parenting doesn't mean that you can't like hold boundaries and right. like teach your kid how to do shit. Like people think gentle parenting is just letting the kid walk all over you. And that's not it at all. And it's also okay, too, because I know plenty of parents that feel so guilty because they're like, I reacted. And it's like, well, yeah, you're a human. Like, so, but there's also that, like, you know, after the fact, when you repair, when you're just like, hey, so dad got really upset and it wasn't at you. It was dad got stressed out by the situation and the way I reacted wasn't good. Yeah, and and I'm gonna work on that and try to be better about that. And like that's the goal, right? We don't have to be perfect. And so teaching our kids we're not perfect and admitting, hey, I fucked up. <laughs> like, <laughs> my, I'm gonna try to do better is yeah. is important. When, well, when I was a teacher, they asked because I I had a special needs classroom. It was self contained K through five, 
and the classroom ran itself really like the kids knew their jobs they the timer would go off they would transition and like my administration would be like how like we can't get gen egg kids to do this like how are you doing and I was like I have really high standards and I have really high expectations but when they meet them they have free reign in my classroom they can do whatever mm -hmm. they want but they know if they push boundaries and stuff privileges are going to be taken away but they also know that I still love them at the end of the day and so they want to perform for me they want to rise to that expectation because they know I'm going to catch them if they fall and they may have a consequence and that's okay. And the next day is a new day and we're going to start fresh. So it was like, it's all just like relationship building. Kids will want to work for you mm -hmm. if, if they feel loved and supported in it. That's still safe for sure. Yeah. And this is how Jackie has been managing me for 25 <laughs> years. Uh, that's Positive funny. reinforcement. Well, I expectations. And yes. Lots of love. Well, Ken has 100% undiagnosed ADHD and has had since elementary school, like based on the stories that his, his parents tell and stuff. And it wasn't until like we got on the TikTok train and he finally got to ADHD FYP. Yeah. And he was just like, oh my gosh, this is it. And then he's like, I have time blindness. I'm like, I know. That's it's why so validating when you learn this shit too. Like even when I first started learning some of the, and, and some of it is like blown out of proportion with like right. what it means. But like, I love when I have this moment and it's just like, even now people come up with shit and I'm like, Oh my God, that feels so validating. Yes. Right? Like RSD, hearing the term RSD, and I know it's not like a clinical term, but like 99% of ADHDers relate to it, but just this re rejection sensitive dysphoria of like the, the panic that goes in when we're afraid or think someone might be disappointed in us is yeah. bonkers. And to put that into a term, made it so much easier to handle too right like when you mm -hmm. hear the like name entertainment like when you're able to be like oh that's what this is i don't have to believe it anymore like right. i can go like okay this is my rsd this is not this person hating me and and those kind of moments are life-changing so if you're someone out there that even if you relate and you don't have adhd right like understanding yourself is the best thing you can do for yourself understanding yourself with like a curious mindset instead of a judgmental one and just coming at it as like i just you know unattaching to results about this like who am i is is really some powerful stuff and can really help you so and just learning strategies strategies are good mm -hmm. for everyone and not totally. every strategy works for everyone so find the ones that work for you add them to your toolbox it's not hurting anyone and that's what I think a lot of parents struggle with any diagnosis is like you're putting a label on my kid no we're just understanding what type of strategies we need to be teaching them yeah. so that they can be the best version of themselves right it's it's not a bad word to say you're no. disabled or you have a disability or you have a disorder or you have a, like a learning disability those are things you know someone was saying the other day they're like you can become disabled today 
Mm-hmm. Like you break your leg, you are now disabled. You need accommodations. Yes. And that does not mean you're there's something wrong. It's like I need help to do this thing. It doesn't mean that I couldn't do it, but like it's gonna help me to have this. And why don't we want to do that for people? Right. You know? Anyway. I could talk about this forever, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like the movie that we watched with the game that came mm. with it definitely is an ADHD game. Sure. You know, but it also falls in the category of sports comedy. And so we're going to play a game called okay. Rank'em, kind of like what you see on TikTok. We're okay. going to name off a bunch of sports comedy movies, or Jackie is, that is from our time frame. And you're going to rank them one through six. Awesome. This All is right. totally my jam. Let's go. <laughs> I was very into sports movies at this time. So chances are I've seen them, but maybe <laughs> not. I don't know how obscure you're going, but go ahead. So one, it's one through six, one being the best, six being the worst, and you don't know what's coming. So you have to do okay. it blind. So our- Oh, uh, that's fun. Okay, yeah. I know. I played, I played these. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Right. Right. So our first movie is Dodgeball. Okay, and we're saying one is the best, six is the worst. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of sports movies. <laughs> and so, and Dodgeball is up there, but um, dang, this is hard. That's a hard first one because I don't, I'm like <laughs> not feeling the vibe here. I'm going to say this might be low. Um, there's, I want to say like two and a half, but I'm going to say three. Um, that movie is a phenomenal comedy. Um, there's so many great repeatable lines in it, but I'm gonna say three. Okay. Jackie, for hope that you... we're gonna get some two good two good ones. <laughs> have you seen Dodgeball, Jackie? I have not. Yeah. Jackie has a Ben Stiller blind spot. That's I mean it's there's it's I a think fun, you'll funny love it. one. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's yeah. a good one. But I'll I put think that as three. Enough other cast members yeah to, between yeah to even it out yeah one day we'll get to it and i'll actually watch <laughs> it <laughs> our next one is water boy man these are good see okay hmm there's a world where this goes to one and, <laughs> and that world was 1998 <laughs> <laughs> so you don't love these I feel like I'm screwing this up already because no. there's probably so many good ones. But just, like, just the okay. water boy in the context of today, and just it, it's a man playing so. a disabled man. Like, it's just that's fair. Okay, so I haven't. <laughs> so if I'm just thinking of like where I've like when I watched that movie, yes. and from a sports perspective, like the the ending's really creative. The sports part of it is really good, which I think makes a really great sports movie if the sports part of it is like accurate because there's some i mean example basketball there's some really (laughs) weird things that don't make sense that like we'll obviously talk about but i mean it's i'm gonna say i'm like between two and four i'm like is it better than dodgeball um i'm gonna go four i'm gonna i'm gonna play it safe i think there's an argument that dodgeball is better so i'm gonna go four okay juana man Never saw it. <laughs> Danielle's evil cackle over there. I'm gonna Classic. I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say five. Okay. Kingpin. <laughs> Damn. 
You're wishing you put dodgeball water boy higher. It's like, see, I, and I've never seen Juana Man, so I'm like not sure if it should be six and this should be five. But like, obviously, I can. All right, we're gonna we're gonna say Kingpin six, but it has some some funny moments in it. Okay. Just but weird. All right, we'll so say you six. You have your one and two left. <laughs> so really, it's in your hands. It really is. <laughs> Bring it on. Ooh, okay. I like Bring It On, and I probably... I'm going to put it at two just because, like you said before, I wish I had put, like, dodgeball higher. Mm -hmm. And so we'll we'll stick with two. Bring It On's a classic, really. But, yeah, Dodgeball and Waterboy, I think, are great sports movies. (laughs) And our last movie is Basketball. <laughs> well, there you go, guys. Basketball is the best. Um, it's There's some frustrating things with Basketball. It has so many moments, too, that I'm like, this could have been so good if they stuck with this. Like, even in the yes. beginning, in the opening scene, like, it feels like it got away from it. But, mm-hmm. like, the jokes about them doing the, like, river dance, which was a phenomenal scene, by the way. And yeah. then the, like, teams moving. You're like, okay, where are we going with this? And then it was just like, ah, just, that, no that was way. a throwaway. That yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bummer. There you go. Basketball <laughs> is Ron's favorite sports comedy. <laughs> so we've got basketball. This is perfect, right? <laughs> basketball at number one. Bring it on at number two. Dodgeball at number three. Waterboy number four. Jawana Man number five. And Kingpin at number six. Solid list. Sure. Especially <laughs> since you didn't know it started off really yeah. good and it was just going to wade into the water at the end. <laughs> I would definitely reorder that, but yeah. nice. Okay. <laughs> That's so fun. Uh, well, one of the odd things about very many things that are odd about this movie, but was the the names of the teams. So sure. I thought I would ask all of us to challenge ourselves to come up with our basketball team name for our own teams if we had it, if we ever had to play this god for, for crazy game. <laughs> Do we have to pick like the a- city too? yes you can okay all right it looks like a fun game like it looks like a game that someone it's horse yeah it's it is it's but then you score based on baseball sure scoring i mean yeah we play listen when we were kids and this came out we played it yeah like we had our own version of it and it is just as fun as playing horse which tells me there's no way you're going to get, and like you can see in your pictures behind you guys, there's no way you're going to get a full stadium of people to watch anyone play horse. Yeah. Like, I don't care if the cheerleaders are in lingerie and <laughs> the guys are, you know, spewing milk out of their boobs at people. It's still Jesus. not going to get a full stadium. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Team names. Let's go. Ah. <sighs> I don't have a city, but like right away, I just thought the fidget spinners. Um, (laughs) Like this? Yeah. (laughs) I think mine fell on the floor. (laughs) To find Um, it. Yeah. So we'll we'll just go. Yeah. Say the the North Hollywood fidget spinners. (laughs) North Hollywood. I love it. Your dodgeball team has a really 
creative name. We're Slim Kickins. Yes. <laughs> yeah, super exciting. I yeah. I I just I'm going the kitties because <laughs> I've got kitties and it can be really funny. It could go either way as a team. It might work for this movie, but they're it not going to just have little kittens. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with the bare naked beavers. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Very similar to the kitties. Yeah. And... <laughs> we have the kitties, the beavers, and the fidget spinners. Technically, they could all live in the same room. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's fair. Oh, man. Uh, well, what? So Jackie and I both worked at Blockbuster, as mm-hmm. you may already know. And so you today are a honorary employee of Blockbuster. And Yay. you get to pick three movies you recommend for your employee picks from 95 oh, no. to 2005. Challenge. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. National Treasure is unironically one of my favorite movies. <laughs> and that... Yeah, that's that has a special place in my heart for sure. Let's say was The Incredibles there? Yep. I'm feeling like I should do some. Okay. It is. Awesome. It was a goofy movie earlier. Nope. Just in time. There too. <laughs> Done. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> goofy movie I... might be one of my favorite movies of all time. And like any chance I get to show it to one of my friend's kids, it is an honor for me. So I've I've done that a couple times now. And it's just, it's amazing, you know, especially when you start off siding with Max and then move to like understanding Goofy <laughs> a lot more. And you're just like, God, what a little shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your dad's the best. Just go on um, a trip with your dad, Max. Come on. <laughs> she'll be there. But yeah, anyway. Before we close, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, ADHD underscore Ron. I'm on TikTok and ADHD Coach Ron. You can go to ADHDCoachRon.com. You can find me on Threads now, which is my new freaking obsession, ADHD <laughs> underscore Ron. And, responding yeah. to your like questions i'm <laughs> like i'll answer I'm, ron <laughs> i what i have realized is i do feel like i completely just like exhausted my resources in the first week because like i it was like every hour i was like i have something witty to say i have something witty to say <laughs> and now i'm like once a day i'm like i'm out of fucking ideas so <laughs> hit us up at no more late fees on tiktok instagram twitter facebook youtube and the infamous threads and stay tuned for our basketball episode with ron later this week and as always be kind and rewind <laughs>